Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, guys. Welcome in. It is Thursday morning, December 23rd. It is 8.30 where I am, probably 7.30 where most of you guys are listening. But, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. We know got some people in Cambodia, across the globe, across the pond. And uh, Scott's over there in Georgia. Scott, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well this morning. It's uh, starting to feel like Christmas. About 28 degrees in Atlanta, Georgia this oh morning. That's, <laughs> That's it's crazy. Cold. It's cold. Uh, and uh, I actually got the Christmas present. Got my wife taken care of. Good. Like, I, I joked before, so you know what it they say, you know, dads or husbands are really hard to shop for. There's only one thing we want during holidays, only one to not be in trouble when the holidays are over. If we can get that for Christmas, we're good. That's all we ask for. Surviving the holidays, huh? That's a that's that's a big one. Not being in trouble. I mean, I guess it depends on if you're in trouble going into it or not. Um, but uh yeah, that's that's a that's a key one. I'll have to put that one on my birthdays, whatever. And as long as I get out of it without being in trouble for whatever I screwed up, I am happy. Well, there you go. I got my wife uh, Billie Eilish tickets, so she's really excited about that. Uh, she likes to go to concerts and whatnot, so um, got her too. I'm hoping a friend of her was, will go with, but uh, if I have to go with, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, a friend. I'm a musician, so I just enjoy a good performer just in general. I don't really care what it is. I played violin since I was four years old, um, but uh, – I think, uh, you know, hopefully she can take somebody else with. And, uh, man, what a great day to start off here um, pre-Christmas, as we call it, pre-Christmas Eve, and kicking us off right here. Ethan, so supportive, Ethan. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say to you at this point because you've been constantly, you were the first person to give a super chat for Scott's channel where we just kicked it off yesterday, the first monetized day, um, and in all these morning shows. And Ethan's been so clutch. And $50 here. I, again, don't even know what to say other than thank you so much. Uh, morning, gents, and Broncos country. Good morning to you, Ethan. Thank you. Yeah, Merry Christmas. You you make you make the show viable among other people. You know when 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 uh, this is Chad Jensen's channel when he goes up and down and looks at it and says, you know, do we keep this? Do we keep this? Do we keep this? It's stuff like this that keeps the show viable. So you you keep us running. It's not just the lights on, but yeah, you, you keep us here. So certainly appreciate it. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order 
of Broncos tickets. Yeah, thank you so much. We got U.S. Dave in the house. Hey, people. Desert Creatures in the house. Also, Desert Creature. I think he's got the burrow, uh, the North American burrow owl as his uh, image here. And the North American burrow owl is just named the owl of the year. So uh, congrats to you, well, congrats Desert Congrats to creature. the owl. Con- yes. Congrats, congrats to the owl. Well, I mean, he is Desert Creature, so maybe that's uh, maybe that's him. I don't know. Maybe they, uh, they're one collective. Uh, Cletoris come. Oh, oh, my God. I said his name. Uh, God bless. Uh, ha- hey, Dave. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, Clee. Um, God, I- Coffee's still kicking in. Um, super dude, we got uh, Jeremy coming in. Hey, hey to you, Jeremy. Hope you're doing well. U.S. Dave saying flu season is here. I know this firsthand. Get healthy, Dave. I hope you're feeling better. Sorry to hear that. Um, we have Desert Creature all saying I've been isolated long before. What's going on? I really like that. Uh, we also got DBAs in the house. Good morning to y'all. JJ Johnson, good morning, Broncos country. You guys are the best. U.S. Dave, I was going to say peace. That's what I was going to say peace, too. That's what one thing a dad wants is peace and quiet. CC's in the house. Morning, all. Jeremy, come in, come in at my wife. Nick's married to an 18-year-old, apparently. Don't don't yuck somebody's yums, Jeremy. Some people are big old uh, Drew Locke supporters. I'm, I'm trying not to yuck their yums on here. Because uh, whoever you said, the uh, Billy Irish or somebody, Billie I don't know this person. She's, uh, she's a pretty big deal right now. Um, but it's definitely a, <laughs> I would say she's a younger generation. The tickets were not cheap. And my wife likes her, so I'm like, okay, whatever. Happy wife, happy life. If you like her, then God bless, I'll get it for you. Yeah, um, I just watched a... Uh... I just watched the beginning of Anchorman again. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> I, I hear big deal and I always always think of that. All right, big deal. Let's go. We got EJ in the house. Also a big deal. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Mike Woodward's in the house. Good morning, everyone. Uh, we got Greg Smith. Aloha. Uh, Melikaliki Maka, I think, is the uh, the Hawaiian way to say Merry Christmas. So uh, we always got the Aloha in here. I'll get you the uh, Hawaiian Christmas. Greg Smith, uh, good morning, Broncos. For I'll, breakfast. Try the, I'll try the Spanish. I'm not going with Hawaiian too many. You know what's funny is when I was driving over in Hawaii with a, you know an old uh, navigation, They, you want to hear something funny, try listening to the nav, try and say these words that are coming up. It was almost like they just gave up. It's like, in one mile, turn right on. <laughs> just, yeah, just uh, yeah, it, it had a stroke. Um, Ernie Mays in the house. Good morning to you, Ernie. Always supporting us. And Ernie's very active in the um, the Facebook groups as well. So appreciate you, Ernie. Happy holidays to you and yours. Also, Ethan over in uh, you said Merry Christmas to Ethan. He is he's across the pond. Do we say Happy Christmas for him? Is that is that the correct way to go? I don't know. Are you allowed to even say Merry Christmas to anybody? You know what? Um, you know, so I just say Happy Holidays. Based on what I see on social media, if uh, you won't accept. Merry Christmas or Happy Christmas with uh, some of the vitriol. Hey, happy on Hanukkah Hank. to me. I'm, I'm happy for you. I don't care. Whatever. Cheers. Yeah. Be happy. Be merry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. God. Um, but yeah, no, let's uh, let's see everybody in here. We got, obviously, it's Scott and I. It is time for, we need to get Chad to give us a banner up here. Broncos for breakfast. Um, you guys can follow S- Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy, and I am at Nick Kendall, Kendall MHH. You can also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. The holidays are upon us, but... Maybe you only know, get a, that check from grandma, you know, $25, and you want to see, you know, I'm going to splurge on myself with this this money from grandma. Go to huddleuppod.com to get your swag on or get it for a family member that uh, you love that's a Bronco fan. Like, listen, Bronco fans, we support the Broncos. Broncos have been disappointing us. Huddle up. Mile High Huddle never dis- disappoints. So check us out at huddleuppod.com. Support us. Go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Join the communities there like Ernie's always on the group. That's how Ernie's joining us today over on those groups. Uh, triple shout out to Ernie there. Um, if you guys are on uh, Apple iTunes, make sure you're going there and leaving us a five star review and a comment to earn a chance for some of that gear over at huddleuppod.com. And um, we really appreciate that. Number one thing you guys can do though, besides the 
contributions is subscribing, liking, and sharing to this channel on YouTube. Um, Mile High Huddle, go there, click the bell notification. The more eyeballs we can get on this show, the better we can do the more we the more content we can provide to you guys and obviously there's a lot of good a lot of great content creators in this Broncos football bubble but we like to think that we are doing as good of a job as anybody bringing levity community uh interaction and just different perspective than a lot of these other areas so please subscribe like and share over on YouTube and get a, get us get my high huddle out there also if you guys are over on YouTube Make sure you're checking out Scott's channel. Like I said, yesterday was a, a monumental occasion because Scott did crack that 1K mark. So we are now doing uh, bigger and better things, continuing going forward over at Scott's channel. Make sure you're following him, though, at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. So uh, a couple more people coming in the chat. Travis coming in saying, sorry, no stars till tonight. No problem, Travis. We're happy you're here. Uh, Looking to just enjoy the last three of the games and a lot of new coming up. New coaches, new QB, new owners. We shall see. Wishing everyone a Merry Christmas. Yeah, could be a lot of turnover. Um, personally, I think the co- the the owners thing is a little bit overrated when it comes to the overall uh, well-being of your team. I don't know. I might be naive in that. But um, I, I, to me, it comes down to general manager coaches and, and how well they do their jobs. Mm-hmm. And I think you've got the one good piece in place with the, the general manager. Uh, and you could be looking at upgrades uh, down the line from there. Yeah, I think for Broncos country specifically, the owner is really important. And we put a lot of value on the owner because we did have one of the best owners in football for a long time in Pat Bowen. And there's just been a, a void at that position in that leadership since he's been gone. And, and you can't see, win without I, him. I but say that good. knowing what it was like growing up with Rankin Smith as the owner of the Atlanta Falcons, who was one of those just cashing check guys. You know, draft, let the guys, I'm not going to pay the players to go. They can go and we're going to be six and 10 our whole times. Now I, I almost think like the family ownership stuff, the single person, the personalities, like a thing of the past. It's almost like the corporations are coming in now and, and they're basically just a, you know, a billion dollar asset on part of a spreadsheet. Um, and it's, it really matters who's there day to day. So I feel better knowing that George Payton is there then it worries me that who's coming in for the ownership. But again, um, you know, even even the Atlanta Braves who are under Liberty Media and they've been complaining about Liberty Media forever. You know, they they've once they got the right people in place in the front office and the right strategy involved, they got back onto a winning track, too. Yeah, it's it's important. And the big thing for me with the ownership situation, is it just makes this timeline kind of jumbled. Uh, with the ownership instability going on there, with potentially a coaching change happening, if I was going into that coaching staff, what what could you actually promise me um, besides dollar bills uh, that I could understand? Well, that's the, the big one. Yeah, that's the big one for you sure. Know, that's but, the big one. But you, you have the roster, you know, and a chance to win. Yeah, you have a good roster. Do you have the the ability to invest in the team? Invest in me? Okay, let's talk. There are. If I was a head coach, though, I would want some creative control and some obviously some uh, allegiances and promises of what I can say and do. And if you have a Jerry Jones owner come in, uh, that could be taken away quickly. And that would make me just a little bit. Obviously, there's still only 32 positions, but let's say I'm Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning coach. There's going to be plenty of interest for him. Maybe I'm not as interested in Denver because of that situation. So um, I did see yesterday that uh, Mike Kliss, um, I'm not going to say anything disparaging about anybody in the Denver media, but Mike Kliss is a. Uh, Definitely 
connected to the Denver front office and he doesn't say anything that he probably shouldn't most of the time. Um, but he said that, Hey, you know, Broncos didn't have any pro bowlers. We'll get to that guys. Um, maybe we should even be more impressed by the job Vic, Vic Fangio has done this season, uh, Uh-oh. which is, Oh, yep. Yep. Uh-oh. Yep. Yep. Which a hundred percent reads to me as a, Hey guys, start preparing yourself because there is a very real possibility that uh, Vic Fangio is back next year, which I'm not a hundred percent against. I'm not for either. I think some people are very, you know, we we're binary angry or in love, you know, that kind of thing. I think there's some nuance there, but still now that Mike Kliss is saying something like that, you, you have to think like, um, oh, there might be some legs to Vic Fangio being back. Y'all, y'all have heard me say it before. When the local media starts taking shots, you know, it's over because they don't have to worry about protecting that relationship anymore. They've given the, they've been given the green light from the higher ups that these guys are out. When they start saying stuff like that, mm-hmm, now yep. you don't know because now it's a little bit of ass kissing, you know. Yep. Pardon, pardon my language, but uh, uh, Dom Hamarito coming in. So good morning, fellas. Happy holidays, boys. Happy holidays to all my Broncos family. Let's get this W against the Raiders. Would be the best Christmas present. We'd beat the Raiders in their stadium. Up the Raiders. Yeah, that's probably not up the Chels. Up the Chels. <laughs> um, I feel you, Dom. We got a. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, Sunday, right? Boxing Day is, is when all the games are. So have a nice uh, Christmas off for the most part. And, you know, who's going out and, bo- you know, with Boxing Day, everybody used to go back the busiest day of the year is the day after Christmas. You know, not for football fans on a Sunday. Golly, it, I know where we're going to be. Well, yep. I know where I'm going to be at 1230 because that's when Chelsea kicks off on Boxing Day. Well, there you go, man. I know it's a big deal for the uh Premier League over there. We got Kayla, also a big deal in here, coming in. Good morning. Happy holidays, everyone. Kayla also says she's an HR worker. We just say happy holidays because they have diverse employees, but she's all for Merry Christmas. That's good to hear. Michael Ronquillo in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Go Michael. Good to see you. It's great to see you in here. Happy holidays to you. Dave is in the house. He says, heart, heart, it's lock time. Well, hopefully that uh, that lock isn't rusted and you have a key to it because uh Last time, Drew Locke headed off to the Las Vegas to play the Raiders. He had probably his probably his worst game of his career. I don't know, man. That Chargers game this year, given the small sample size and like what a bad showing that was in the small sample size, that might be his, in my opinion, the worst game of his career. I mean, two turnovers and one half was uh, pretty darn bad. But um, last time, Drew Locke went to Las Vegas, four interceptions, I think, I think almost all four of them in the first half too. three of them, I think in the first half. Um, so it was a very bad game. I know that lock uh, is this going to be a big game for him, not only for the Broncos this season, but for the rest of his career. And hopefully he can rectify the last time he went to Las Vegas, going up against a terrible Raiders defense last year and putting up a unfortunate performance. So Las Vegas came into Denver and won pretty handily. Yeah. Yep, right. They, they, won, they won pretty handily. Um, so why would that change? Well, I go back and I look at the box score and it almost looks like if you take the Drew Lock detractors or shoot, even the fans for that matter, you know, what are you going to get? Says, well, it'll, it'll be more exciting, you know, because you'll get the bigger plays. You might get the turnovers. Now, if you just look at the box score and you don't know the context amongst those plays, you look at three touchdowns, three interceptions. Unfortunately, those interceptions came before the touchdowns and the touchdowns came as you were trying to play catch up. Um, but if you look at that context and you say, all right, it, this is very well what we could expect from Drew Locke, three touchdowns, three interceptions. What do we do to make sure we win it this time? And if you remember that game, everything was long. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, 
Derek Carr had about 340 yards on about 17 completions. It was insane. Yeah. Um, his, his average per attempt was double what Teddy's was. It was like 12 and a half. So can you limit the big plays from the Raiders? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. If you, if you scheme not to just sell out to stop the run, this team is better in the secondary. Now you can stop the big play. Um, can you stop their running game? Yeah, I think you can. So I, I think last game, when we talk about, y'all you, you have heard me say a zillion times, the common denominator for most of these losses have been you've gotten beaten in the trenches. That wasn't the case in this one. This one was a little different. So I think this game was the anomaly, and I think it can be fixed. I, I hesitate to – I feel like the last time, other than Detroit, the last five times I've said the Broncos are going to win, they haven't, and I feel awfully bit. But last game – was was the anomaly. Uh, they came in and, and were beating the Broncos deep on big plays over and over. We probably haven't seen that many big plays against the Broncos the rest of the season combined. Yeah, no, that one was bad. Um, I think it was like historically bad, actually, from the Broncos defense. I think Derek Carr and that Raiders offense had the most 15-plus yard pass completions uh, in a game that we've seen since like 1987 or something like just something absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. Um, and Henry Ruggs had the, the big ones. They pretty much took out Darren Waller, but, uh, Edwards, Zay Jones and Henry Ruggs did a lot of work and uh, Derek Carr was playing good football that game. I mean, he has EPA per play when they had Henry Ruggs was point, uh, one, four, three. But since then, uh, he's kind of fallen off a cliff with Henry Ruggs going out and Derek Carr kind of has a tendency to fade as the year goes on. Maybe it's injuries. Maybe it's the colder weather, but, uh, since then, yeah, his, uh, let me pull up his, Where's he at? Okay. Yeah, his, his his play has fallen uh drastically with the EPA, with the uh, yards per attempt, and Henry Henry Ruggs has been out. So hopefully Broncos can get after it and uh play a better game. I mean, there's multiple things where the Raiders had an incredible game against the Broncos that was an anomaly that we haven't seen all year. Um, Max Crosby had three sacks in that game. I think he has four on the season and hasn't had a sack since then. Looked like an all-pro <laughs> player um, and just haven't seen it since then. So, Nick, I, I kind of want to follow the lead of the chat here. Yeah. Um, and, and, and what we're talking about here is pro bowlers who could have, Let's and should have made it here in the chat. Um, you know, we've got an hour, yeah. uh, we're only 15 minutes in. So let's, let's follow the lead of the chat here and let's get to, uh, who should have, could have, maybe should have made it, maybe shouldn't have made it, et cetera, for a few minutes. And then, and then we'll focus on the Raiders a little more, if that's okay with you. That sounds good. I'll let you look on the back end too. If there's any supers or stars or anything like that, I know it's the end of the holiday season, but of course we appreciate that. And if you guys do that, uh, we will get to you, but yeah, the Broncos, this is just an indictment on Denver being a team that is somewhat of an afterthought right now, especially in the AFC West. Unfortunately, that's going to be the case. I mean, Vegas Raiders move into Vegas. That has a lot of splash hoopla, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Chargers going to Los Angeles with Justin Herbert, arguably the best young quarterback in football. Uh, they're going to get a lot of uh, eyeballs, a lot of media attention. And then, of course, the Chiefs. I mean, everybody's been tripping over themselves with the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, rightfully so. Um, so it's a big bummer that Broncos didn't make the Pro Bowl. I think the Pro Bowl is kind of stupid. It's uh, overall, um, the voting is not very good. I and I don't, I don't know what the solution would be to that um, because it is somewhat of a popularity contest. You have to have multiple good seasons to build up that goodwill. And even if you're having a mediocre season, if you had good seasons previously, you can get voted up Garrett Bowles. Um, there's a name for you. who is a first alternate at left tackle. He's not a first alternate left tackle pro ball season this year, but he's had some good years in the past. Tackles, offensive tackle. Yeah. Yep. So tackle. Yeah. That you which know, is so, um, again, I, I was going to say the same thing. And Jeremy kind of, kind of says it here. 
Uh, Javante splits reps, most certain in Javante are rookies. Reputations play a big part. Uh, I agree, and I was going to reference Bowles for you, mm-hmm. um, and, and you just did. You know, because I, I had started before that news came out. I was in the chat. I was like, listen, it, it's either you're on a winning team, a, a winning team, and or you've got the reputation to do it. The old saying in Major League Baseball, which was much more statistics driven, especially c- compared to defense, uh, you know, guys on defense was you usually get the, the all-star nod the year after you deserve it. Um, and maybe you get a couple of them two years after you don't. Uh, you know, Garrett Bowles as, you know, I, I think he's been fine, but as, is he the fourth best, uh, offensive tackle in the AFC this year? I, I don't, I don't think so. Um, yeah. and maybe he is cause, cause to be honest, I don't watch the other 16 teams to say, okay, he should be fourth. It doesn't feel that way to me. It doesn't feel like he's playing at that type of level. So maybe he is, uh, my gut tells me, and my gut is probably right that that's, that's a, a reputation type pick. Um, and you know, when I, when it was coming up against Sertan, uh, I had mentioned that, you know, oh, pro football focus doesn't particularly like him. They've got him rated in the sixties. Well, they've also got Trevon Diggs rated like 89th out of 117. He's leading the league in interception. I bet Trevon Diggs was on that list. And, um, you know, they, they had made a pretty strong push recently for, uh, AJ Terrell, which makes sense because they've got AJ Terrell number one. Now you want everybody else to bet when you're in the rankings business, you love it when they get awards and recognition because it helps validate your rankings. Yeah. Well, the number one running back and the number one cornerback on pro football focus, neither one of them made the pro bowl. That's Cordero Patterson and AJ and uh, AJ Terrell. So um, there's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, having the marketing and hype and previous performance, you know, the rookie that I know that did make it was the two of them that I didn't, that, that I know that made it. Kyle Pitts came in uber hyped and he's been good. He's got the second most, receptions in uh reception yards in the nfc for tight ends even though he plays 75 percent of his snaps at receiver um and micah parsons who's putting up the numbers the eye-popping type of numbers that he could actually get defensive player of the year let alone being uh you know just a a, a rookie of the year so there's you either have to have the built-in name that you've earned through the years or you have to have some eye-popping numbers that really grab everybody's attention and it doesn't hurt that uh, Micah Parsons plays for Dallas where every single chance, you know, Jerry Jones, you know, winks at somebody and it, you have a 20 minute news segment on ESPN about it. So uh, that does not hurt either. The brand matters. And unfortunately, Den- we've seen it with Denver for a while. I even think Joe Burrow was talking about it this last offseason about how someplace like Denver gets continually snubbed for the Hall of Fame and stuff like that because just they're not a media darling. Um, so to speak, obviously, when you have John Elway and Peyton Manning, you, you would think you'd have a little bit uh, more attention than they have, uh, especially with the amount of fans that Denver's ha- Denver has across the globe. But just hasn't been the case. But uh, yeah, we got Miguel coming in here. Happy holidays to you, Miguel. Uh, good morning, fellas. I don't know why, but I really feel better about Locke starting this week. I care more about all pros and Pro Bowls and Simmons got snubbed big time. Irritating. Yeah, Justin Simmons was definitely the biggest snub. He's had a good season this year. And I think one thing that makes... Simmons uh, season even better. Obviously they have a lot of good players in the secondary for the Broncos, but this Broncos team is probably a bottom 10 defensive line team across the NFL this year. And they also are not playing with many leads. And when you have a good pass rush or you're playing with a lead pretty consistently, 
that's when the stats tick up for the safety position. And it's not very complimentary or conducive for Justin Simmons to make splash play after splash play because opposing offenses, I mean, we saw with the Bengals this last week, they played uber conservative. If we just don't turn the ball over, we're going to win this game. And they bet right um, because the Broncos were not able to get a pass rush on him and they weren't able to get a lead. So Justin Simmons, the fact that he's made as many plays on the ball as he has with the limited sample size has been outstanding. This has been one of Simmons better seasons, in my opinion. And to get snubbed is a big, a big disappointment for him. Um, and, and hopefully Nick, that's a, that's a, that's a great shout about the lack of production on those splash plays on, because you're not, if you if you if you force the other team into comebacks where there where you you get up a, a big lead and they have to become they call it becoming obvious in those situations, mm-hmm. your ends are going to get more sacks, your yep. defensive backs are going to get more interceptions. Instead, it's basically a base offense, you know, run, run, pass, run, pass, run, um, for the whole game, yep. um, and and that's uh that's an indictment on on the offense and the style of play that the Denver Broncos employ. That's a, that's a great shout. And uh, Miguel, appreciate the stars, man. Yeah, Cheers. Thank you. Happy holidays to uh, to you and yours. Yeah, Justin Simmons, he's maybe not the best safety in football. Like if there was a redraft right now for safeties, I'm taking Derwin James number one um, just because I think he's the most talented and diverse safety that you can have out there, even with the injuries. Um, but after that, I'm having a hard time picking. Maybe Okay, Minka Fitzpatrick then. Derwin James, Minka Fitzpatrick, and then Justin Simmons. Um, so he definitely got snubbed. Uh, maybe he's not the Ed Reed of safeties out there, but I think that's partially also the the game coming on right now. Teams have become so turnover diverse. <laughs> Most teams have become so turnover adver- adverse that you're not seeing these lollipop throws where the safety is coming down with it consistently. You so know, uh, you know who, who 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 flashes for the Broncos on defense? Honestly, if you're just watching from a thousand, you know, we're five thousand feet as it so maybe the all twenty two if you will. Um, oh, and Kevin Byard. Great call, Tommy. Yep. He's the best safety in football. hundred percent, but he has a, a pretty good defensive line in front of him. Anyway, uh, um, you're going to say Sertan. No, I'm not actually. Oh. Cause you know, if, 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 uh, you know, if, if he's doing his job, he's not getting targeted, right? Kareem Jackson. Kareem? Yeah. Yep. Is the one that shows up when you're just kind of watching the game. Cause he plays like his hair's on fire. Yeah. You know, he goes around. And, and so when you're talking about the splash plays for this, type of defense and the type of games that the Broncos are in, it's really Kareem Jackson yeah. um, that you, that you notice out there that is out there making plays. And unfortunately sometimes on the wrong end of those plays, but he probably is a little more, I don't know if he's, he just, he plays at a different speed. Um, maybe probably c- conducive to some of his injuries considering his size, but he's the one that flashes on a consistent basis for good or for better or for worse. And Joe, Coming in with the big super this morning says, uh, hey, Scott, congratulations on the 1,000 subscribers. Thanks, man. Like I've said a bunch of times, uh, couldn't have done it without the support of of Broncos country for sure. So special place in my heart right here next to this Chelsea badge uh, for for Broncos country and the Mile High Huddle family. So I don't think any of the Broncos have enough production this year to get a Pro Bowl. Simmons gave up a 50-yard TD last week, kind of unacceptable for his spot. Uh, Everybody... If you look at Trevon Diggs, he's given up almost 900 yards in receiving, but he makes the 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 highlight plays too. Um, yeah. I, I do. I really like Nick's point in that um, you're not necessarily, and your point here also, you're not necessarily getting the production because you're playing a bend but don't break type of defense, and then your offense isn't good enough to the receivers who could be Pro Bowl caliber to get the ball enough to make the type of plays. 
And then with the split between the two guys with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, you might have two Pro Bowl backs. Um, If you decided to go 75% to one and 25% of the other, one of those guys would have made it. Um, That would have been nice. And I actually, I like looking down the the year, the career years and seeing who's got the asterisk on pro football reference for who's made the Pro Bowl and who hasn't. And no, he's a four-time Pro Bowler. I, I do like that. I can't remember the last time I watched the game. So for me, it's it's a label that I think is very important, and there's bonuses, so it's important to the players as well. Um, but uh, as far as the game, I don't necessarily want the wear and tear on these guys, but I think Javante Williams is a Pro Bowl caliber running back, without a doubt, and if that was your goal to get him in the Pro Bowl, I think you probably could have. Yeah, and I think it's also, Javante Williams has been very good, and he's going to be very good through the rest of his rookie contract. Uh, but the AFC is pretty stacked at running back right now. I mean, would I put Javante Williams over a healthy Derrick Henry? No. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's play in the MVP conversation. Nick mm-hmm. Chubb is, in, for my money, the best running back in football right now. And uh, Joe Mixon's had a hell of a year. Maybe you can make an argument, uh, Javante Williams over Joe Mixon, but Joe Mixon just has the the volume over uh, Javante and, Williams. And that's it. So, like I said, if you go 75% of the carries and you're sitting at 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns right now, where does that put – Mel, where does that put Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon for that sake? Both if not good. for Javante Williams, yep. Melvin Gordon might be a pro bowler the way the Broncos can run the ball. Yep. So again, it's nice, but I'd rather have, I'd rather have the two good running backs that are combined for 2000 yards. To be honest, I'd, I'd oh, rather yeah. have that and have those two guys still fresh um, at the end of the season. And it's good for them long-term as well. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, Justin Simmons was snubbed. He should have been a Pro Bowl safety. Also, I mean, heck, I hope he wins Walter Payton Man of the Year because I, I would, I think he would take that over the Pro Bowl. And uh, he's making a strong push for that. So hopefully he can get that. Um, but he was snubbed. I think Patrick Sertan was snubbed too. You said that he, uh, Kareem Jackson's one who catches your eye. Maybe from the broadcast angle. Watching the All-22, though, I might. it's really hard not to have your eyes on number two out there because mm-hmm. a guy with his length, his size, playing on the boundary, um, 21, 22 years old and sticking in the hip pocket of these guys. I mean, gosh, I know the Broncos like to play a lot of off coverage in the match quarters, but Patrick Sertan and press man is, Oh God, bite your, bite your knuckle. Good. I mean, how crazy. many people that are deciding on these pro bowls are watching the all 22? Not probably not as many as there should be. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But Sertan has I, been, I, no, I, get your, your, I, I think yeah. your point is outstanding. Yeah. Um, I, and I agree with you 100%. Um, yeah. I just think a lot of times a pro bowl, Pro Bowl isn't it's it's there's less time put into the Pro Bowl than there is the college football vote. Yeah. You know, it's like, OK, who won? OK, yeah, I know that. I recognize that name. I'm going to vote for him. OK, I remember this guy. And it's it's uh, again, you can earn it and then end up getting it for three years. You know, mm-hmm. you have one good season and then you've got the name recognition plays a, a big part into it. Um, and then, you know, getting the wins helps to, (laughs) you know, getting the wins like, you know, Xavier Howard on the, on the, on the dolphins, he was, he was selected as a corner. If they hadn't won the last six in a row, does he get picked again? Maybe because he's been there before. He was an all pro guy. Has he had that type of year? He's got that contract, you know, but he was there before. So he just kind of, he's, you gotta, it's almost like boxing. You know, if, if if you get a draw, it goes to the champ. You got to beat the champ. You got to knock that guy out. So you got to be that much better than the guy. And it's, it's hard. It's hard to do it and subjective criteria like that. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good call. I just maybe we should just lament and wax poetically about uh, Patrick Sertan for a second, because he has been that good this season. Um, I, right now, I think if there was, if you had to take a young corner to build your team around right now, probably number one is Jalen Ramsey, even though he's not that young, he is that good. And you know what you're getting? Cause so he's probably 27 or 28, isn't he? 
Yeah, uh, I think he's 27. Uh, the thing about cornerbacks, and we've seen this um, just charting uh, football players over the last, gosh, I think they've been really charting since 2012. Uh, but cornerbacks, year to year, very volatile. Um, you have good years and you have bad years. And uh, that's, you know, that's just the nature of the position some years. even And especially when the margins are so thin, if you have just a slight hamstring injury or a toe injury, that could be enough to tank your season because that's that's how close these players or the, are. Or the defensive end on your side has a slight hand injury. or yeah. <laughs> Yep, exactly. No, you're, you know, you're 100% so, right. So much of it, it's so connected uh, yeah. out there. And that's what makes the, the true cover guys so special. Yep. Um, but he's been incredible. Know, that if like if let's gun to your head right now, um, happy holidays, everyone. Uh, if there was a redraft right now and you had to take a cornerback, Sertan have to be maybe one, two, or three. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore has been up and down some. He's really good when he's out there. Tredavious White's coming off an injury. Uh, J- the only names that I can think of right now that I could hear an argument for over Sertan in this kind of situation is uh, obviously Jalen Ramsey, like I just said, and the other one would be uh, J.C. Jackson, who's been phenomenal phenomenal for the Patriots, but uh, I, I don't know terrible. enough of the league in order to have that conversation. Okay. I know that uh, AJ Terrell has been really good as a second year guy oh, for the yes. Atlanta Falcons. That's, um, that's one too. He's, he's been good. He's just 23 years old um, yep. and he's been really good. So if we're talking about, you know, top young corners, building blocks, I think he's got to be in the conversation. Um, but I don't know enough of the rest of the league to say, to definitively say, this is the guy. I, I wouldn't yeah. do that. That's that'd be uh, be dishonest. JC Jackson's probably about to reset the cornerback market with uh, contracts. He's been that good this season. Um, but no, yeah, you're right. AJ Terrell deserves a, a shout out there. We got DWI guys talking about shout outs coming in with a second super of the day. Happy holidays to us stuffing our stockings, making sure we got gifts under the tree. Um, God bless you. Uh, with Abram out of an already woeful secondary. Is this the week we see a breakout in the air back on topic? LOL. Um, it's possible, but I think that the Broncos are going to run a very, <laughs> I don't want to say it's a Tim Tebow-esque offensive style, but they're going to work the offense vertically with deep shots off play action, moving the pocket with high, uh, moving the pocket with play action, bootlegs, high-low reads, and trying to make this game as quarterback independent as possible. They are going to try to run the football until it's very obvious they cannot run the football anymore. Man, these uh, these bots are killing me right yeah, now. I don't I'm, know what's going I'm on. hoping I don't block somebody else by accident. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, but the, you're hoping to see some vertical shots in this game, but I think the Broncos with Pat Sherman and whatnot are hoping that this Broncos run game can be efficient enough that they can take high volume pass plays from Drew Locke out of the equation because the more I think they probably feel, and I'm concerned as well, really pulling for Drew Locke, but this is just the reality. Um, the more, the higher volume the pass plays with Drew Locke, the more likely you're going to see a mistake that could be a backbreaker. So hopefully, however, and, and Ethan, uh, appreciate it as always. And for my, my initial, my gut reaction on this question is yes. And, you know, maybe again, I still think the best split with this team is 40 touches for the running backs, 25 throws, 17 completions. Yep. Um, what I will say though, is you start seeing the average go up the yards per attempt, the yards per completion, you start getting it out wider to the wide receivers. You know, we've talked about, you know, just the, the, the impact or lack thereof from Noah fan, Noah fans can have a career high in receptions. So, you know, when I hear the use Noah fan, use Noah fan, use Noah fan, I'm like, they are, they're just not getting them the ball in places where he is going to be most effective and his yards per catch has gone way down. He's going to have efficiency. a career for receptions. He it's is efficiency. being used. Yeah. So how is he being used? Um, more of those plays where you get him isolated on a wheel route with a linebacker. Awesome. You know, that was a Teddy throw. 
Drew Locke can make that throw, no doubt. Yeah. Um, more of that type of stuff. I think you will see him, we'll see more of that because Drew Locke will take more chances with the football. Yep. Pull that out. He will take more chances with it. And frankly, Denver could use a few more chances with the football right now uh, because they haven't been moving the ball effectively by just playing into an 11-man front. Yep. I agree with you. There's a fine line to walk. I don't know if this is, hope this doesn't offend anyone in here, but uh, the, you think you watched How I Met Your Mother, right? You, you, we've had conversations. Yeah, about yeah. That. I love that show. There's the, um, Ted, or, uh, Barney has the crazy hot chart. And it's the same thing with football, right? It's the <laughs> that wasn't his, but yes, yes. yes the, how how much of the crazy are you willing to put up with based yes. on how hot the person is? Yes, and that's very true for the aggressiveness to turnover propensity, and it's a very fine line to walk. Uh, Teddy's unfortunately been in the not aggressive to the point where the uh, turnover is probably you'd rather see more turnovers if he's going to take the shots. Drew Lock is on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, where it's like, buddy, you just have to make the easy read. The checkdown's fine. Can't go broke. Make taking a profit. You know, protect the gosh darn football. Um, but uh, hopefully, we'll see better here. And hopefully, Lock has to understand. I hope he understands if he doesn't understand it's a maturity question, but um, this is a, you are fighting for your chance next season to compete for a starting gig. Yeah. Uh, and not maybe just it's, with the Broncos. Yes. And the league. period. Yes. You know, this is, you know, we heard Teddy say uh, after that ridiculous play against, uh, against the Eagles, I, you don't want film like that out there. And it was like, what, you know, because, but Drew, you, you, you don't want film like that out there. No. You know, you can get away with that in high school when you're just looking at highlights, but you know, you're going to look at the low lights when I'm going to consider giving somebody a multi-million dollar contract. Um, and again, over a long period, you're going to see the ups and downs. There are going to yeah. be, again, the reason why it's called steady Teddy isn't necessarily because he doesn't have the mistakes. It's because the peaks and valleys aren't as high and low for the most part over the course of the year. Yeah. Drews are going to be much more high and low. But in a three-game sample size, maybe you can get the top without necessarily getting the bottom. We've already seen the bad. Uh, mm -hmm. We've seen flashes of the good, but we've seen the bad. But in a three-game sample size where he knows he's going to get the whole game, you don't have to look over his shoulder the whole time, settle in, have some fun. That's what I tell my kids. You know, baseball is so mental. I tell my kids when I'm coaching, have some fun. Go have some fun out there. Relax. Relax. Let your talent take over. Trust your teammates. And go have some fun. And if he does that, yeah. he, it will be fun. It'll be a lot of fun this weekend. Yep. Yeah, just don't overthink it. You know, you the best players in football, like Tom Brady, how often is Tom Brady hitting kill shots week after week after week? He doesn't, but he runs the offense. He takes what's there. And eventually you accumulate enough of those that it looks good. Um, so that's just, you don't have to be out there making superstar plays highlights in every play. That's just, if you can run the offense, especially with how bad this Raiders defense is, I can't emphasize enough how bad this Raiders defense has been, especially in the back seven, just atrocious in the back seven. Um, you can win some games and put up some good tape, maybe make yourself some money or a new opportunity down the line, but you cannot keep having the big mistake. I just, you don't, don't play outside of yourself. Take what's there. Uh, Terry coming in from Canada, uh, Nick's coffee fund. Thank you so much, Terry. We appreciate that. And, uh, Jeremy coming in here saying, Nick, if we aren't going to be good, at least it, let's be interesting. I think I am jaded and maybe very influenced by what I've had to watch with the Iowa Hawkeyes the last few seasons, because let me tell you, Teddy Bridgewater with this Broncos offense has been a hundred times more enjoyable to watch than what Iowa has been doing offensively. So, uh, it's not even... I, maybe some of you guys are watching Big 12 or you're watching Alabama or somebody throw it around a lot. Iowa's offense is 
worse than uh, and even more conservative than what we've seen with Teddy Bridgewater. So uh, I, I am jaded there. <laughs> no, and there's some, you know, there's some recency bias in here. You know, I go back and look at the game logs from last year. And, you know, before the the incident that had Drew Locke benched and and whoever the backup was at the time out, you look at the touchdown to interception ratio and it was like one to 12 in the previous five games that, you know, the, 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 the interceptions, you had to have been pulling your hair out in the middle of last season. You had to be oh, um, just with the the way that was going out. So but now, as as Jeremy says, it's, it's seven and seven. You know, we're not yeah. entering the game. There's three games left. You know, we we kind of know we're not good. <laughs> we kind of know we're not good at this point. So to hell with it. Let's yeah. let's go have some fun. Let's uh let's let's see what happens. And if we, we're throwing it around, we get some eye roll plays. It's not like you're tanking the rest of the season. This isn't a contender. It's it's not. So roll the dice, man. I'm 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 yeah. I'm with you on this part. And plus. I don't want Teddy Bridgewater playing again this year. I don't care if he was playing at a high level for his sake. I don't want him playing again this year. Flat out. I, I agree with you there. Uh, just pivoting on this point real quick. Let's say Drew Locke comes out and has a, he replicates what we saw last year uh, versus the Raiders where it's a four interception game, totally inefficient, make throwing in a triple coverage down the field, even though there's guys open. Um, do you think they would start Brett Rippon? You're seven over? and eight. And I think there would be a chance. Yeah. If he comes out and just is absolutely awful. Um, I think there's a chance. I don't, ex- I don't expect that. I mean, it could, it's, it, it could happen. Um, but yeah, and another part of this is that listening last night to, to Zach and Chad, they were saying that, um, basically to, to boil it down for you, Locke's best chance of playing again would be to lose. I was hmm. like, what? They're like, they're like, if he wins and there's still something on the line, uh, and plays well and wins or whatever. If they win and there's still something on the line and Teddy's healthy, Vic has said Teddy will be the quarterback. He's going to come back in. But if they lose and basically you're out, you've been eliminated, and Teddy's still questionable, you don't want to risk his health, then Drew would play again. I'm like, that's kind of counterintuitive, isn't it? You know, that's that's um, not really very incentivizing. If you think about that and you believe that, and I'm not saying I don't, it's very possible. Yeah. That your best chance of playing again would be to lose the game? Huh. That's almost as backwards as rewarding losing by giving people a higher draft pick for tanking. So it is possible. Yeah, I I guess it is possible for me. The biggest thing isn't losing or winning. Um, if the Broncos win this game and it's obvious that Drew Locke was more of a, a passenger or even detrimental to the win, um, then that could be a reason why uh, you could see Brett Rippon even in there before Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, but I think you still, I don't think win or loss. It's I don't quarterback wins. Isn't a thing for me. Obviously they have a big impact on the game, but I always need the nuance of what it looks like when, and when the games happen, what is, what is the outcome? Uh, because there are games when the quarterback is obviously not the reason you win. Um, and there are games when the quarterback's obviously the reason you do win. So uh, I don't think the, the win or loss, unless it's obvious with the quarterback uh, plays a big impact on that for me. Um, one thing I will say with, uh, again, with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, et cetera, et cetera, with these games is that we know this about the Chargers. They are the worst run defense in football this season. So it, I think it would be another good game uh, this upcoming week where you can have somewhat of a quarterback independent game. Now, I say that maybe that's stupid of me to say because we saw Drew Locke in one quarter look absolutely dreadful against the Chargers last time. Maybe that's more on Shermer for not uh, just running the ball every single time, not even giving Drew Locke the opportunity to turn the ball over. But 
I digress. Um, we have Jeremy coming in saying, if we have a week to live, let's at least a Lambo and not a Camry. I think uh, your options are a uh, rusted out Mustang or a Ford Pinto. You know, you're not, there's no Lambo in the lot there, Jeremy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was, I was going to go, I was going to use the, use a very similar example, except with a Mustang. I'm see, I was a Camaro guy. So I was going to say like a 68 Camaro with a blower on it. It's got a couple of bad heads. You yeah. might run a 10, five quarter mile, or you might blow your engine all over the place. Yeah. Um, you know, or you could get the, 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 the 2002 Honda Accord with 100,000 miles on it that's very reliable and very, you know, it'll get you down there. But, yeah, I, I for me, I just soon get in that, uh, that Camaro, too, and take my chances on having some fun at this point, for sure. Yeah, that Pinto, do not go up over 60 miles an hour. You don't want to see what it looks like on the highways. It's an in-town car. Um, I want to get back here to the uh, – I want to get back here to the Pro Bowl. Um, a couple guys, we talked about Jamonta Williams. We talked about Patrick Sertan, uh, Justin Simmons. Those are all guys that deserved a shout out. Travis Tarbox also deserves a shout out here. Morning, fellas. I'm watching or or more or less listening. Have a Merry Christmas, Denver Broncos for life. Hap, uh, happy holidays to you, Travis. I'm getting, I'm starting to get excited for the uh, the Citrus Bowl with uh, Kentucky versus Iowa. So hope, I know you are as well as a big Hawkeye fan. Um, a guy that I've been banging the table for here. There's not enough discussion about him in Broncos media or NFL media in general. And maybe he's not a pro bowler, but at least he deserves an honorable mention. Draymond Jones. Draymond Jones has been the only guy on this Broncos defensive line this year that has done been a positive player. Everybody else has been either a C or less type of impact player out there. Maybe Jonathan Cooper has been a C plus. Um, he gets a little bit graded on the curve because he was a seventh round pick. But Draymond Jones is still a uh, top 10 in pressure rate. Um, he's And that's without anybody on the line playing synergistically next to him, giving him one-on-ones. He's getting doubled at a high clip and he's still getting after it. So uh, Draymond Jones deserves a shout out here. I know that a three, four defensive end playing the gap and a half that they're going here. Um, yep. Here we man. CC. I think CC is my burner sometimes um, him and Zan. Well, no, I was, was going to say you're, you're talking about a three, four end whose yep. job is to hold blockers. It is a blue collar, boring, non-statistical incredibly important position and he's playing yep. it fantastically but, but to be able to get top 10 in pressure rate while you're playing gap and a half for a team that is not doing good on first and second down giving up runs and getting up third and short not playing with the lead and he's still getting the pressures at this rate i mean that's that's incredible you put draymond jones on the chiefs next to Chris Jones, um, where they're playing with a lead often. They can be aggressive, and he's getting one-on-ones where he's not having to gap in a half because Steve Spagnuolo likes to blitz. This guy's going to be killing it this season. and So Draymond Jones deserves a shout-out. He is so valuable. He's the he's their best player on their front seven, without a doubt, and I'm ready to say pay the man. Even I was going to say, there. forget the Pro Bowl. You know, you know who's going to appreciate that? His agent. Yes. His agent's going to appreciate that because he'll be making a ton. And, and then once the money comes he'll get more attention too. Uh, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't think the Denver Broncos know how valuable, I, I didn't say, quite say that right. The Denver Broncos know exactly how valuable he is. I don't think they're as worried about him, you know, making a Pro Bowl or whatnot because they know exactly <laughs> what they've got in Draymond Jones. That's a great shout. And if you look at both teams, my guess, I haven't looked, I couldn't tell you who the the defensive the defensive line is. Uh, I got a pretty good guess who a couple of them are, but my guess is there's not many three, four ends of that bunch. You've got outside linebackers and, you know, edge guys in a, that are, you know, Von Miller types uh, outside linebackers in a three, five who are defensive ends. And you got true defensive tackles. Uh, my guess is you don't have many three, four ends. Yeah. 
the three, four end stuff for me is starting to, the lines are blurred because so, so many teams play uh, it's, they're essentially playing four, two, five or three, two, six kind of variations these days anyway. So uh, you still are getting your chance to be a three technique. It's not all this classic, you know, three, four base Pittsburgh Steelers looking defense that you used to have out there. But uh, Draymond Jones has been incredible. And maybe, you know, this is a, this is me putting the Bronco uh, cheering for the Broncos before cheering for the player. But like, maybe it's a good thing that Draymond Jones didn't make the playoffs or that make the pro bowl because maybe his, maybe he's making 1 million less per year on his next contract because of that. And maybe that adds up at the end, but uh, Draymond Jones has been really good. I just really hope, I really hope the Broncos can either get a, get an offense that can play with a lead so he can pin his ears back more on third and long and obvious pass situations and rack up those. I wouldn't even call it garbage time, just better situational uh, sacks for him or, they can get somebody who's a an alpha at the edge with some height weight speed that can do some twists and stunts and free up Draymond Jones or punish teams if they are doubling Draymond in those past situations because that you just have not seen that this season at all. So Tommy coming in said there was a time at the beginning of the season where Scott called Drew the best backup QB in football. Now mm-hmm. the world sees what I was saying. Drew's skill set does not lend to backup duties. Uh, to be fair, when I think of a backup quarterback, I think of the guy who comes in when the starter is done, when he's injured. Um, not as a guy who comes in relief in the middle of a game. Um, so when I think of who who is the best starting caliber quarterback that is not starting, um, and when I look across the league at backup guys, Drew's a pretty good option to have as, as your as your second guy coming in to start games. Um, you know, I look at some of the players that have come in. He, uh, we we're talking about Teddy Bridgewater coming from Carolina. Uh, let's look at the Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold to P.J. Walker, to Cam Newton. You know, Teddy Bridgewater's played better than all three of those guys. Um, a little closer to home, I look at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I'd take Drew Locke over Josh Rosen and Felipe Franks. Um, if I look up at the New York Giants, would I take Drew Locke over Jake Fromm right now or whoever? Uh, he may have been the third option, probably. So when I speak of backups, I don't necessarily mean as a relief pitcher. I mean as your number two starter. So mm-hmm. uh, ho- hopefully that clears it up a little bit. And, um Again, if I say the best backup in the league, I don't know the league well enough to really say if that's true or not, but I don't know anybody off the top of my head who has a better backup quarterback other than, say, let, let's say somebody like the San Francisco 49ers who are have a starter in waiting type of player. Yeah. No, I totally get you there. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me as well. Uh, I'm really hoping that Drew has a good game, though, man. That would be ideal. I know that like if Drew comes in and plays great, there's going to be the people that are screaming you know drew lock 2022 starter i i can tell you from t- talking with people that that's very unlikely to happen um your their broncos are not gonna tr- trust a, a false positive here for drew lock's final three games uh especially because the raiders and the charters defense has been erratic and the chiefs might not be playing for anything week 18 because they already have the no- one seed locked up so uh We'll see what happens because uh, the Patriots also play the Bills this week. So maybe even they have that l- totally locked up. Uh, so we'll see. But the Broncos are going to be looking to upgrade this position. What happens over these final three games isn't going to impact it. They already have a large enough sample size over the last few seasons to know that they want to upgrade either from these guys. So you go and you get you get Drew Locke on a heater and someone does something stupid and sends you a first or second round draft pick for him next year. Oh, God. I you mean, know, it, it, as silly as that sounds, it's no crazier than giving Teddy Bridgewater a three-year, sixty-six million dollar contract because he went four and zero or five and one uh, with the New Orleans Saints and and Sean Payton in a good New Orleans Saints team. 
That's how stupid the Carolina Panthers were. And then sending picks for Sam Darnold and picking up his $15 million a year option. You want to talk about how you, you want to see how not to handle the quarterback position? Go look at Carolina. God, uh, you, you've got it made comparatively speaking. So uh, you've got Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, but you got him for a song and you got him for one year. And the, the Carolina Panthers went and did something stupid. So never, never overestimate the power of incompetence when it comes to these people throwing around money. Drew Locke goes on a heater. What, if, if you say he's done, I don't like him, we don't want him, okay. I'm not saying that's the case. But if he goes on a heater, someone could come at, it, at you with an offer that you're like, yes. So the Broncos have everything to gain by Drew Locke succeeding in the next three weeks. I would be shocked if you are able to get anything. If you can get a, a day two pick for him, I will. we should make a bet right now because I think the odds of that are – one in a thousand because i think that teams in general um have seen no it's not just these last three games it's the entire no, it, body work. It's, it's also the college a big if that he body. goes out and yeah. goes nine touchdowns against one interception and a three and oh record i mean that's highly unlikely but if it yeah. happens you know that then it's it can't hurt you is what i'm no. saying yeah <laughs> i think it's just much more likely like right now i think drew lock especially with only having one year left of cost control um, that hurts him as well. As far as the mm-hmm. value, um, I think you are far more likely to get, uh, go from like a sixth round pick, which I think he'd be worth right now to a fourth round pick. And man, these bots are killing me today. Yeah, I, I just put that one into, yeah, we'll block that one too. Yeah. <laughs> but I always say, I said, you know, you've made it when you start getting spammers and haters. So we've had the haters, the, uh, oh, yeah. the spammers are, the spammers are coming in now. Um, but yeah, no, uh, some more talk here about, uh, is there anybody else that you think maybe is worth a a Pro Bowl? Or let's pivot here real quick. Let's get to DWI guys. Most festively dressed Broncos commentator. Here's to you, Nick. This one's for you. God, I I did this last year every single December uh, live stream because the Broncos were terrible, and I'm like, okay, I need a bit because otherwise this is just going to be miserable. Um, so I'm like, you know what? Let's get festive and uh, wore this last year, and it was a lot of fun. Um, but no Broncos in this year's Pro Bowl. Anybody besides the ones we've named so far this week that you say. I'm going to buy stock on this guy right now because I think he's going to make the Pro Bowl for the 2022 season. Um, How about Baron Browning? Mm. It's a tough position to make a Pro Bowl, uh, but it's not a bad idea. I think uh, Quinn Miners has the type of cult of personality around him where he might get some attention at a place where nobody gets attention uh, in a second year if he makes that second year leap. So I'll, I'll say those two guys. Yep. Those are two pretty good ones. I mean, the big thing is with this team, quarterback position right like if you can get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson in here even though Russell Wilson has looked scary bad recently I don't know what's going on there I'm still I still think his body of work is worth a shot um because we I mean a few years ago people were like oh Tom Brady's cooked he's playing been playing at an MVP level oh Aaron Rodgers was broken after he played the Broncos he's been the best quarterback in football recently Patrick Mahomes has been mediocre this season you're not going to buy stock on Patrick Mahomes if he was available hell no um so and and Wilson hasn't been as bad as y'all keep making out. He had a great year last year. He's been bad this season coming off the finger injury, but I am willing to say that's uh, that's because the injury and the team kind of falling apart around him. So uh, I'd still buy stock on him. But um, I digress. These wide receivers, right? Jerry Judy, uh, Cortland Sutton, both of these guys I think have a, uh, a very good shot if you are able to improve that quarterback position. Um, Baron Browning's a great shout as well. One here that I think maybe is a, a very big dark horse for the Broncos um, that people are writing off, and I think it's maybe rightfully so writing off this season, but not next year. Uh, Bradley Chubb could still make some hay. 
Uh, he made the Pro Bowl last year. I think he was actually pretty high in Pro Bowl voting this year, and guys do not overrate how important that draft status is for these guys. Being the fifth overall pick, uh, that carries around. I mean, the fact that Bradley Chubb got votes this year at all is insane because he's not he's not even played. And when he has played, he's had like one, actually one good game. But uh, next year he's going to be in a position, maybe he can uh, ascend. He's also going to have that juice where it's the final year of his contract where we know what happens Typically with a guy in the final year of the contract, they're playing up here. And then sometimes they kind of come down here, uh, Shelby Harris, um, after you get paid. But um, I think Bradley Chubb is a dark horse as well that you want to uh, consider for that position. Well, again, I haven't seen the best of Bradley Chubb. You know, this is my first year following the Broncos week to week. And we haven't seen Bradley Chubb this year. No. You know, he was hurt and he come back and he plays. It's like, okay, well, he set the edge really well. Okay, that's nice. Not sending him to Pro Bowl for that. So let's see. I need to see the next three weeks. If we're talking about what Drew, what's Drew Locke going to show us? Well, what's Bradley Chubb going to show us? You know, his options mm-hmm. picked up. So we he's we know he's probably not going anywhere next year. Um, and he's playing for a contract. You know, he 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 can get he can get a hundred million dollars next year. Yep. If he if he comes out and plays that way, that's pretty incentivizing, if you ask me. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the big one for me, um, Bradley Chubb. And I'm hoping he plays so well in 2022 that uh, the Broncos are forced to tag him, right? That would be mm-hmm. an ideal situation. You do have that in your back pocket, get that six year of control. Um, and then you say, okay, Brad, we, Bradley, we love you. Um, we think you're good enough that we can allocate our cap space where you're a top five paid edge rusher with that franchise tag um, and for the 2023 season. But it hasn't been good enough year to year that we want to see you do it again. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when having that franchise tag is uh, maybe not the most fair thing um, in it's the not, NFL. It's not, but you know what? It's also, you know, when you, when you think about it, you know, it's kind of like Ronald Acuna getting a hundred million dollars at 20 years old. And they're saying they're taking advantage of some poor kid from out of the country. It's a hundred million dollars, Yeah, you know? So a franchise tag for Bradley Chubb be worth $20 million. Now he could make a hundred, but you're still paying the man $20 million. Let's yeah. have a little bit of perspective here. Yep. Um, you know, that's 100%. that's money for his kids, his kids, kids and their kids, kids and so on and so on. Um, but I asked you that question in the summer. It's like, what do you do? You know, if he goes out and has has, a, you know, a great year next year after being so banged up, you know, do, what kind of gamble is and you go tag him? I'm like, duh, I didn't even think of that because I, I, it's 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 so anti-player <laughs> uh, that you can that you can do that. But yes, obviously. Uh, it's, it's made for a guy that has shown injury problems and been inconsistent and then flashes his contract year, make him play in another contract year. Absolutely. I mean, hell you could even do what the Washington football team has done with, uh, (laughs) Brandon Scherf, which, uh, upsets me because I'm a big Brandon Scherf guy, uh, watching the Iowa Hawkeyes. I actually used to see Brandon Scherf at my local grocery store. I've never seen somebody, one person have so much meat in one cart. Um, when I used to see Brandon Scherf out there, he was a, he was a monster at Iowa. Oh my God. Um, but, um, he's been playing, this is the second year playing on the franchise tag. Um, and you have that in your back pocket. Now, granted, that's a huge contract for an edge rusher. Um, and that's hundred percent guaranteed. So maybe that scares you a little bit. You wouldn't do it twice where it's a little bit more palatable to franchise a guard twice. If you but can, you though, the I mean, you want to, you want to get the best out of Bradley Chubb, make him play on a year to year contract. Um, yeah. because if he hits the open market, he's not going to get a one-year deal from somebody. He'll get a multi-year deal. 100%. Might be less money with a little bit more guaranteed. Um, but, it, you know, it could be the best thing. You know, he comes out of the next two years with $40 million in his pocket. And he's, you know, in his sixth season and has a chance to go get the his second contract on the open market after two back-to-back big seasons. He'll get paid. 
Yeah, hundred percent. He's got to he's got to prove that he can be out there and be consistent. That's what he's missing right now for sure. And we got Jeremy coming in here saying, what about miners for a dark horse? I like miners for a dark horse as well. I mean, we've literally named every single one of the top 100 picks in Peyton's last class now um, with that. But uh, <laughs> miners has a chance. I'm really curious to see what happens with miners this off season. Is Didn't he going to con- miners? I don't think we I have mentioned miners. miners yet. You said Browning. I said Browning and miners. Cause I said he has a cult of personality with the big belly for an interior line position in a place where people don't get very much recognition. Unless I, I said Reisner by mistake, because Reisner and Miners sound the same. But I said Miners. Okay, well... Uh, good shout, Jeremy. See, we're, we're here. Miners is a good one. I will say, though, one thing that maybe clouds this a bit for me with Miners is that there might be another learning curve if he transitions to center next year. Um, that is one where I don't know if he's going to be a Pro Bowl caliber center in 2022. I think he could make it at guard, um, but the center is probably going to be a transition. A lot's going to depend on what they think of Cushenberry and what the plan is for Miners long term. Um, but Miners at guard, I think there's a chance. Miners at center, I need to see it first. All right, seeing is believing. Where I like the fact that he could be a center or a guard is that he'll have the entire offseason to prepare to be a center or a guard for the Denver Broncos. Yep as opposed to spending January getting ready and playing in the senior bowl into February and then spending February and March getting ready for the combine and pro no combine, but getting ready for his pro days going on the interview circuit. Now you're into April, then April we gets drafted and all of a sudden you show up at um, OTAs as a rookie and you're into May already. So he's got January, February, March, April, you got four extra months to do nothing but get ready to be a Denver Bronco. And that's not a luxury he had last year. So the learning curve uh, is steep for sure, but they have so much more time to prepare for their jobs into their second year that you should see a leap from him from year one to year two, especially with his background coming out of uh, Wisconsin Whitewater. I'll get this. I I got this, uh, Nick. Bye-bye, love face, XYZ. Online strippers without clothing. Oh, man. That means that's hard to find on the internet. Thanks for the notice. I would have no idea. Wow, there are singles in my area dying to meet me. That's amazing. Um, you know what I'm dying to hear, Scott? Your prediction on this Broncos Raiders game. Uh, we need we obviously this is the last time we're gonna talk before that. Um, what is your final score prediction? How does it play out? I think it's gonna be tight because I've changed my mind. Um oh, no, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't feel good about this one. I would not bet the money line on this one at all. Um uh, going in, I was thinking, all right, the you know, the Raiders are at home. They're not as bad. Their their schedule. Let me take a let me take a look. Their their schedule took a turn, um, but they had some bad losses in there too. So you know, you look at them, you say you lost at New York to the Giants, uh, you lost to the Bears, Ugh. you lost to Washington at home, ugh. But you also lost to the Chiefs twice. You lost to the Bengals, um, you know. So that sounds familiar. Um, but you know, I look at this team and their propensity for their defense and the anomaly factor of you're not going to give up 25 yards of friggin' reception again this year. You're going to, you're the defense is going to play better. Uh, you already had your big turnover game. So we know that the Broncos can survive that as long as they're not giving up the big plays on defense. So I think it's going to be a little high scoring, higher scoring. And I feel like it's a, like a 27, 24 in that neighborhood for, uh, for Denver this year, this, this go round. But I don't like it. I don't like it. I wouldn't bet the money line on this one for nothing. I'll tell you when I feel like this. This is a good one to bet on. I don't like this game. It's it's yeah. a it's a it's a pick 'em to me. Yep, hundred um, percent. For me, I think that this game is going to be a Broncos win. 
Um, I picked the Broncos win last week, but I have confidence. I really do not respect this Raiders defense for anything. Derek Carr is doing what Derek Carr does, where he's really kind of falling apart as the season goes along. And I'm looking for the Broncos to try to win this game, similar to how the uh, the Raiders won in Denver last time. I want to see some vertical shots from Drew Locke. I think that you need to give these big-bodied wide receivers a chance down the field against this terrible Raiders secondary. I mean, Nate Hobbs has been a really good player for them, a rookie uh, cornerback. He's been impressive. But other than that, I mean, it's it is bad out there. I think they drafted a rookie uh, safety to Trevor Morig from TCU, who's been. I mean, gosh, Caden Stern's been better from than TCU. Him. He was a he was had some injury concerns, and he was like yeah. the number one rated safety coming out before. Let me let me think about this because I'm I'm looking at some to your point talking about the the matchups. Why? In football, are we so married to the idea of a starter? You know, the, in, in, in other sports, you, you play matchups. You know, if I've got a team, if I'm looking at if I'm looking at the Cincinnati Bengals and I've got a weak secondary and a strong running game, why why wouldn't I play a matchup that is more beneficial to attacking the back end of a defense? It happens in every other sport. Really, except football, where you say, This is what we do and this is what we're gonna do, and then we'll call plays to scheme around it. But if you're really bad in the secondary, Drew Locke's your guy. That's, that's, you'd rather be, you'd rather, I can still run the ball. You know, why not? I don't know. I don't, I don't quite understand it. The more I watch other sports and I see that it's like, okay, we're going to start this guy instead of this guy, this guy. You see in baseball all the time, obviously with, you know, hitters and batters. Um, basketball is only five men. So it's not quite like that, but you see, different formations and, and, and positional rotation all the time in international football, but in NFL, it's, these are our guys. Well, this guy might be better in this case. You know, it's uh it's, it's a yeah. little odd to me. I think just to add some commentary to this, uh, I th- the lack of practice time uh, that you already have in the NFL. I mean, these coaches are already upset about that. And, and, and the continuity not- it takes to run offense. Yes. You know, so you might it's run so different hard. packages, especially on defense, but the continuity mm-hmm. it takes to run offense, because I've seen guys come in and the cadence changes everything, yep. uh, might might be the answer for that too. Um, yep. But the last couple of games, I think Drew Locke's a better matchup. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is the the chemistry and the synergy that you need to run even in even a simple offensive mm-hmm. play. I mean, it's really hard. You need it's 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 a dance, right? It's coordinated. It's uh, what is it? Uh, synchronized swimming out there, uh, so to speak, where everybody has to be perfect. And if one guy spins wrong, the whole play can fall apart. Uh, so switching different quarterbacks week to week with already so limited uh, practice time and the chemistry between these guys, you, a lot of coaches I think would feel they are taking away overall. It's, you're not going to have a, you're going to have a detrimental effect overall on the offense. Now, one yeah, thing I've, I personally like, and I've watched would, all-star games when you switch quarterbacks and they're even the change in their voice and, and their snap yeah. counts and stuff. And it takes five plays to get a playoff. So I think I think you answered my own question uh, on that one with you know the lack of practice time and the continuity it takes. It's but tough. I mean, it's hard to in this case. You certainly have a week. You know, you can do that yeah. in advance. You know, you can you can change some things up in advance where I can say, okay, I got a matchup I like mm-hmm. uh, against the back end of this defense. I'm going to go with a guy that 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 is going to push the ball downfield a little better. And maybe this is me just being really in the weeds with college football, but I love and i would definitely use and i use it in madden (laughs) um the two quarterback system but it is the short yardage red zone quarterback versus your drop back passing quarterback um the beat the ability to get a plus one in the run game or a minus one in the run game whatever way you want to call it uh, with a quarterback who can run that zone read or an rpo on short yardage situations where that guy is an absolute tank 
Um, that is something I'm about. Uh, I would do that. And Pokemon analogies last episode, synchronized swimming. You missed it. Um, falling sloth. You missed it on Tuesday night. I did a, a Gilbert Gottfried impersonation, so I'm not going to break that out today. I don't want to ruin. No, I, made a, I made a face on that one, and and, and you thought I was just cringe. It was like I was like that, that actually wasn't bad, Nick. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite YouTube videos of all time is Gilbert Gottfried reading um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, oh my <laughs> God, it is hilarious. Oh I don't know God, how much I could handle of that. Oh my. <laughs> so funny. Um, we appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much. I'm just trying to have fun out here. I know that a lot of people are pretty upset about the Broncos losing. Quarterback stuff's been toxic. I saw somebody the other day saying they stood up and cheered when Teddy Bridgewater was on the stretcher on Twitter. It's like, uh, you're definitely on the naughty list and I hate you. You need, you need another hobby. Yeah. You need to find, you need to find other things to do in your life. If that's, if that's how you feel about uh, a sport and, and someone getting knocked unconscious and getting carried off. I, uh, I, I feel for the human element in this, you know, I'm watching yeah. a game yesterday against my team and the guy has an own goal um, that benefits my team. And I cringe. I like, Oh, I hate that. I feel so bad for the guys. It's like, I don't, that's not how I want to win. I don't yeah. want to win because Everson Griffin's going nuts. I don't want a competitive advantage because he's having a problem. There's a human element to this thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if, if your reaction to, you know, a player going on a stretcher is to cheer on your own team, it's bad enough against somebody else yeah. uh, where you do get a competitive advantage, then it's, it's time to reevaluate your priorities. I mean, he- he- hell that could even be Tyree kill out there who I don't wish anything good for. But if they're coming out injured on the stretcher with the face mask off and un- gets a uh, consciousness in the tunnel, um, man, I just even that makes me feel bad because that's a human being. They have hopes. They have dreams. They have feelings. They're all valid. They have people that care about them, even if they've made mistakes in life. So I just there's a reason I end every show with choose kindness and choose compassion. And especially in the holidays. I mean, just just be better. We don't have enough in that world. Be reflective. Look inward and be like, how can I be? better and be a positive force in the world. And I, hopefully we are doing that for you guys. Cause you guys are doing that for me. I, you really are in the chat. We appreciate you, oh, Ethan. We appreciate you. A Go little ahead. programming note as Ethan comes in to, to finish us off here saying great show gents and Broncos country. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. It'll come a little bit earlier, five hours earlier uh, in London than East coast here and happy holidays to everyone. A little programming note. Um, Mile high huddle will be off on Friday and Saturday. Uh, we will be back. We'll be on tonight. Chad and Zach will be on tonight, uh, regular time. So 620, <laughs> 620, 615, 620-ish. I'll be in there at about 6 Mountain Time to let you know, hey, we're getting close or to chat or whatnot. Um, but we will be off on Christmas Eve and Christmas. Uh, so everybody enjoy your families. And Nick and I will see you on Monday. Yeah, guys, thank you so much. Make sure you are following uh, Ashen. Shout out to you. Thanks for podcasting and purging some food poisoning. Feel better. Um, thank you guys for joining us today. You guys can follow Scott on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at Huddle Up Pod. The, the mirror stuff on this drives me nuts. Um, follow us at Mile High Huddle. There it is. Uh, go to HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. Check out the gear there. Uh, make sure you're on Facebook. If you are on Facebook, uh, join us at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you guys are on iTunes, you're listening after the fact, or you have one in general, do me a big favor this holiday season, spend 
two minutes, go into iTunes, five and huddle up podcast, go down, leave a five star and a comment and review. Say that I sent you say Nick wouldn't stop bothering me with his stupid cheer and festive gear um, to leave a comment. So I'm going to do it. So he stops bothering me. He probably won't stop bothering you, um, but that would do us a heck of a lot of good. We'd appreciate that. Subscribe, like, and share to huddle up mile high huddle on YouTube. Hit that bell notification, put it on your social media saying, Hey, these guys, uh, they don't know anything but they're funny and they seem like okay people. So uh, I'm going to help them out. So we'd appreciate that. Um, Scott, maybe if I don't, if I don't know it, I'm going to tell you the thing is, if I, if I tell you I'm right, it means I'm right. So if yeah. we have an argument about like what guy was in what movie, if I tell you, I'm sure don't argue with me. I'm sure. Cause I'm always going to leave myself an out, but you know, yeah. when we're talking predicting the future, hell I'll tell you right now, I'm going to miss most of the time. That's just the way it is. Otherwise, I won't predict the future anymore. It's the only way. The only way to uh, to not be wrong is to not try. Yeah, and we're gonna have fun with it either way. Um, you know, we don't. I don't think either of us uh, take ourselves too seriously. Uh, we're just trying to have fun with it and get better, like we all should every single day, uh, especially this time of year. So you guys are great. Thank you so much for everybody who contributed today to the chat, super chats, listening to after the fact. You guys are awesome. Have an excellent holiday. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, even though that's coming gone. Happy Kwanzaa. Winter solstice. You know. God bless you either way. Hopefully the Broncos have a great game this week and get a win, and it's a lot of fun, and we'll see you guys again real soon. Make sure you tune in tonight with uh, Zach and Chad. Choose compassion, choose kindness. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.